Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley, a beloved teacher of the Course, who has helped thousands learn how to express their beliefs from moment to moment in their everyday lives. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Ah, bonjour. So happy to be with you. Ah, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. I'm elated, feeling so great, so happy, so good after the uh, Living a Course in Miracles series. Yes, we had a wonderful time. More than 10,000 people from around the world. Woohoo! We're doing it. So grateful. Well, let's jump right into a prayer and a blessing here, as we always do. So I invite you to place your hand on your heart. Let's do that. Take that breath of love and gratitude and partner up with the higher Holy Spirit itself. Our purpose is remembering our true identity and the true identity of our brothers and sisters. So grateful. Taking this breath of love and gratitude, we open ourselves to unlimited, unprecedented healing, expansion, clarity, freedom. So grateful to open our hearts and minds to the healing that we are calling forth. We're calling forth a true awakening. We have everything we need. We have the Holy Spirit's guidance, and for this we are so grateful. We share the benefits of our healing, our expansion, our awakening, our opening awareness with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude, we allow it to be, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Hmm. Yes, indeed. How wonderful. All right. Well, pain and pleasure, pleasure and pain. This is our topic this week. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, as always, Spirit guiding me. And when I asked, what what are we to talk about this week? I opened my book to uh, chapter 19. And it's section four, the obstacles to peace. And on my page 414, it's the attraction to pain. So just as we're getting into this here, pleasure and pain. The ego frequently has us chasing what it thinks will be pleasure. Does it not? Right? We're trying to find pleasure in all kinds of ways. So mental pleasure, emotional pleasure physical pleasure, sensual pleasure, all kinds of experiences of pleasure. And there's nothing wrong with pleasure, but, boy, don't we know it it can be a distraction, and chasing it can be a huge distraction. And why would we invest so much time, energy, and effort in the distraction of pleasure if we knew that joy could be ours? Would we even bother? No, because with joy, unconditional joy, infinite joy, unending happiness, beyond any circumstances that we could 
truly be joyful at all times, if we knew that that was the trajectory we were on, would we take detours for pleasures? Or would we make everything about that unfolding joy? So that's what I am interested in, is taking everything that we're experiencing it and folding it into this path of discovering our true nature, our true identity, which is naturally joyful and has no reason to be unhappy, has no experience of unhappiness. I am so grateful for A Course in Miracles telling us that we're all headed in this direction and the results are inevitable. The only thing that we can really modify is how long it takes to get there, how many detours we're going to take. So what if we just put our attention on eliminating detours, keeping our focus on the journey of where we're headed while being present to what's happening in the moment. So the pursuit of joy often leads us to painful experiences, really deeply painful experiences. And it's because we're changing, we're, we're, uh, we're actually chasing the pleasure. That's what's going on. That's what's going on. Chasing the pleasure instead of opening our heart and our mind to God. Yep. So, let us decide today that we're going to put an end to the pain through being mindful Mindful of what we're really interested in, what our goals are. So we're keeping our attention on our goals. And it says here in this section, the attraction of pain, your little part is but to give the Holy Spirit the whole idea of sacrifice. Now, a lot of the impetus that the ego has for pleasure and avoiding pain is it's very confused because very often the ego will say, this will lead me to pleasure. Oh, being in a relationship with that person is going to lead me to happiness, to pleasure, to this and that. But we really have no idea. Many of us have been led into relationship by the ego only to find that it's very distressing and painful. Have we not? Yes, we have. And we've done the same thing with things like sensual pleasures, where we think that having sex uh, with this person in this way will lead to pleasure, but it doesn't. We think it's going to lead to happiness, some sense of safety, some sense of security that will somehow bring us happiness, but it doesn't. It leads to pain. It leads to suffering. We have I know I could personally say that many times I have eaten things or drank things or smoked cigarettes or even pot back in the day, all kinds of things that I've done. And perhaps I might have said I was doing them for pleasure. Perhaps I might have been able to be honest a lot of the time and say, I'm doing it to numb myself out. 
And there's not much pleasure in being numb, but it's better than being in pain. But did any of those experiences that I ever engaged in where I was trying to numb myself from the pain or give myself pleasure of the body actually lead to lasting happiness or anything that I felt really good about? Not so much. Now, there are plenty of times, though, I want to point out, there are plenty of times when I've had experiences with people on a physical level, uh, with loved ones, you know, with a sweetheart or even with a family member, just being intimate and close, you know, which can just be cuddling, you know, uh, can just be holding hands and just be sitting close together. Uh, and even with a, a dog, you know, just enjoying uh, being able to pet the dog or the cat. There are many times when we can have these moments of really sweet physical pleasure. could be food involved, sex involved. could be where it feels uplifting and inspiring because there's a love connection there. So I've had many a meal that felt very inspiring and very uplifting and healing and nourishing. The food felt really fresh and good and nutritious. And the company and the conversation was deeply loving, joyful, harmonious. And these were experiences of coming together and being in that holy instant of clear communication. So those are wonderful times that are very pleasurable. So really starting to look at the difference. And the difference is, is there inspiration? Is there motivation? Is there ego motivation? Is there spirit inspiration? Of course, the word inspiration has spirit in it. So it says here, going back to the Course, your little part is but to give the Holy Spirit the whole idea of sacrifice, martyrdom, and to accept the peace he gives instead, without the limits that would hold its extension back, and so would limit your awareness of it. Okay, so the idea of sacrifice. Many times people, particularly parents, get... Uh, very attracted to this idea of sacrifice. I'm going to sacrifice for my children. I'm going to sacrifice for my loved ones. I'm going to sacrifice for my job. I'm going to sacrifice for my friends. I'm going to give up what I truly desire, what I would like, what would bring me comfort and happiness so that the people I love and care about can have comfort and happiness. That's sacrifice. It says, your little part is but to give up the Holy Spirit, the whole idea of sacrifice, the whole idea that you could actually even sacrifice. So if you think of, um, it's very popular Christian view that Jesus sacrificed his life for us. And many people don't know that that comes from Paul, the Apostle Paul, who never walked with Jesus in his human life, but encountered him after. And Paul, of course, the great proselytizer, traveled all over and wrote many, many 
letters. They're the epistles. And in his letter to the Romans, he said, Jesus died for your sins. He was speaking to the Romans, who, of course, were the ones who crucified Jesus. So Paul was speaking to the Romans about the crucifixion. Jesus died for your sins. He was not speaking to all humanity. And where does Paul's authority come from anyway? Comes. That's his perception. That is his perception. And what what is he doing? Is he trying to make the Romans guilty? As Course of Miracles students, we know that trying to make someone motivated to change through guilt is not helpful. It's not loving. And it will not bring benefit. So... Just a few thoughts about that there. So, your little part is but to give the Holy Spirit the whole idea of sacrifice and to accept the peace he gives instead. So, whenever you're entertaining the idea that you are making a sacrifice or if someone is trying to make you feel guilty because they have made a sacrifice, open your heart in compassion. That's that's the antidote right there. Not trying to reason with the ego is the best strategy at all times. We open our heart with love and compassion. Uh, last week I started calling it uh, heart yoga. That came up in the Living a Course of Miracles classes. We're doing a heart yoga so we can be flexible in our heart. <laughs> so we're going to accept the peace of God, the peace of the Holy Spirit instead of entertaining the notion of sacrifice. And it says, without the limits that would hold its extension back, the extension of peace. So we're going to accept peace, but not accept any limits. And it says, if we were going to accept any limits on peace, it would limit our awareness of peace Because peace is unlimited. For me, you know, in my science of mind training, because I'm a science of mind practitioner now for 16 years from the agape community and a minister now for 10 years from the agape community. So I I studied at the Ernest Holmes Institute, uh, nine years of practitioner studies and ministerial studies. So I steeped myself in those teachings. And... One of the things that I most treasure from that teaching is that the spiritual qualities of God are omnipresent, omnipotent, omniactive, and they are our true nature. A Course of Miracles calls them the great rays. The great rays. And these spiritual qualities, it's we live, move, and have our being in them. They are our nature, our identity, the ground of our being. The spiritual qualities of life are what is real, eternal, and infinite. And the spiritual qualities of God are peace, love, joy, freedom, wisdom, clarity, wholeness, 
harmony, beauty, purity, abundance, prosperity. These are the spiritual qualities of God. They're not conditional. So, in truth, God, uh, joy, rather, is not conditional. Peace is not conditional. And that's what Jesus is telling us here. If there's any sense that we have to sacrifice to get to peace, to get to joy, to get to harmony, to get to abundance, then we're making it conditional. But these spiritual qualities of God, which are all expressions of love, all expressions of our true identity, they're all unconditional. It's the only way that we can understand God, because God is whole and complete. So it's all in all the time. It's full force all the time. There's never a little God now and a lot of God later. There's no big or small in God. And that's why A Course in Miracles talks about a confusion in thinking there are levels of God. More God here, more God there. It's so important for us in opening our mind to the unity of all life, which is that great healing that we are coming to. In order to understand it, we have to at least begin to uh, just wrap our mind around and open our heart to God is all that there is. And so if God is all that there is, omnipresent, omniactive, omnipotent, and God is love, then that is who and what we are forever. And we cannot be in any way downgraded or impinged upon. Only in our mind can we entertain the illusion of it and then thereby experience it. So there is no such thing as sacrifice in God. Only in the world of illusion could we experience a sacrifice. So, because God is extending the fullness of itself to us all the time, and therefore, how could we in any way be less than? There's no need for sacrifice. You see, when we are able to comprehend or even just look at the unity of all life, we can see there would never be a need for sacrifice. That sacrifice is actually impossible. So it says here, for what God gives or the Holy Spirit gives must be extended if you would have limitless power and use it for the Son of God's release. So, To have, give all to all. It's another way of saying that again. And it says, if peace is homeless, so are you and so am I. And he who is our home is homeless with us. So if peace does not have a home in us, then God is homeless. Because God is peace and God is in us. (laughs) And so, it's asking us here, is this your wish? Is your wish to be homeless? To have God be homeless? Would you forever be a wanderer in search of peace? Would you invest your hope of peace and happiness in what must fail? 
So this is what we've been doing. If we're not living a joyful life, we've been investing our hope of peace and happiness in the world. And if that's what we're doing, it's always going to fail. So we're only investing in that which can fail. So think about it on a practical level. Would you invest in stocks, bonds, real estate if you knew it would fail? Would you do that? Would you invest your money if you knew it would fail? Would you do that? Of course you wouldn't. Maybe unless there was some tax benefit. (laughs) But this is what we're doing with our peace and happiness. We're investing it in things that can only fail. So let's figure this out here. It says, faith in the eternal is always justified, for the eternal is forever kind, infinite in its patience, and wholly loving, completely loving. It will accept you wholly, completely, and give you peace. Yet it can unite only with what already is at peace in you, immortal as itself. So the peace of God can only unite with our willingness to place our attention on peace. It says, The body can bring you neither peace nor turmoil, neither joy nor pain. It is a means, not an end. It has no purpose of itself, but only what is given to it. Okay, so let's see if we can look at this a bit more deeply. The body can bring you neither peace nor turmoil. But we think it can, right? When when our body is sick and in pain, we think that the the pain of the body is our turmoil. It's ruining our life. Our peace is gone. But what if that's only a mental construct? What if that's only a belief and not fact? What if the fact is that no matter how wounded we feel in the body, no matter how distressed the body seems to feel, it's not in the body, it's in the mind. And if the pain is in the mind, the joy is in the mind too. So let's look for the joy where we can find it, in our mind, in our heart, and not in the world. So I'm going to invite you right now to just consider Where in your life are you thinking that if you can manage, control, or manipulate things or people, situations and circumstances, even your body, that if you could somehow achieve certain things uh, in your body, in your finances, in your relationships, that then you would be happy, then you would feel whole, then you would feel complete, then you would have peace. Just consider, where is your mind thinking that thought? That if this could happen, when this happens, if I can get that to happen, then I'll have peace and happiness. It's so important for us to be willing to recognize these things. Because in thinking that, our peace and happiness are conditional, we're delaying them. And there, my friends, is the actual 
expression in this world of sacrifice. We're sacrificing our ability to know joy and happiness and peace and harmony, prosperity and abundance, beauty, wisdom, clarity, all these spiritual qualities of God. We're sacrificing our knowing them, experiencing them, living them in pursuit of trying to find them in the world, thinking that they're conditional. So this is the switch we're endeavoring to flip here, is to stop believing anymore that our happiness is conditional, that our peace is conditional, that our harmony is conditional, that our abundance and prosperity are conditional. It says here, the body is a means to an end, a means to an end. So what's a means to an end? If you're taking a train to go from one destination to another, the train is the means to the end. It's a means to the destination. It's how you're traveling there. So the body is a means, not an end. So happiness in the body, pleasure in the body, joy in the body, thinking that that our relief, our peace could happen in the body. No. The body is a means to an end. Uh, sorry, the me- is a means, not an end. It's a means, not an end. And what's it a means? Now, Course in Miracles tells us that the body is for communication. It's for us to communicate with each other in the illusion. And this is one of the reasons why A Course in Miracles says that the teachers of God, which is what we are, are so needed in this world because we can, through our words, through our actions, through our countenance, through our vibration, through our choices, we can communicate to our brothers and sisters the way to peace, the way to harmony, the way to joy. We can teach others how to learn by learning ourselves. So, the body is for communication, and what is there to communicate? Well, if you think of the holy instant, the holy instant is that pure communication of love. So, when we're dedicating ourselves to communicating love, purely and completely, in every moment, then we're a truly helpful presence, We have something worth communicating. We're fulfilling our purpose. We're a teacher of God. All is well. And we feel joyful, harmonious, happy, grateful, free, unlimited. The body, it says, will seem to, excuse me. The body has no purpose of itself, only what is given to it. The body will seem to be whatever is the means for reaching the goal that you assign to it. Only the mind can set a purpose, and only the mind can see the means for its accomplishment and justify its use. Peace and guilt are both conditions of the mind to be attained. And these conditions are the home of the emotion that calls them forth and therefore is compatible with them. But think you which it is that is compatible with you. Here is your choice and it is free. 
but all that lies in it will come with it. And what you think, you can never be apart from it. What you, excuse me, and what you think you are can never be apart from it. So, another, this is another way of saying, seek first the kingdom which is within and all else will be added unto you. So let's recognize that we're compatible with the kingdom. The kingdom is our true nature and our true identity. The kingdom is telling us that it's already been given. It's already ours. It's in our heart. And we access it by expressing it. To have, give all to all. So seek first the kingdom which is within and all else will be added unto you. So when we seek to extend, to share the love, the peace, the joy, the harmony, the wisdom, the creativity, the beauty, the purity, the freedom, then we'll have it. This is the only way that works in this world. So we can literally give up the idea entirely of sacrifice. And instead of chasing pleasure and finding pain, we can seek the kingdom first. And then everything will be added onto us. Everything that's worth having. Oh, there's much more to share. I'm so happy and so grateful to share with you now. I'm Jennifer Hadley. You're listening to A Course in Miracles. We're talking about pleasure and pain on Unity Online Radio. We're walking the talk. We're living the love. And I'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application as we return to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. And we're back talking about pleasure and pain. I'm Jennifer Hadley. <laughs> I'm thinking of the um, dominatrix at the A Course in Miracles conference <laughs> uh, last uh, Las Vegas. Uh, what was last April? Last April. Ooh, getting all flustered thinking about dominatrix. <laughs> um, gosh, I've got so many things to tell you. I've got some uh, announcements here, so I'm going to take a couple minutes here before we jump back into the attraction of pain. So some of the things that are coming up um, today, if you're listening live, today is the, uh, there's an early, early, some early bird prices expiring on some wonderful events we have coming up. So you can check those out. You can pretty much find everything listed at the events page on jenniferhadley.com. Next week, literally next Tuesday, I'm going to be in Atlanta and I'm going to, um, be joining the Living a Course of Miracles study group uh, at at uh, Unity North Tuesday night, August 9th in in Atlanta. So please come and join us. I'm just going to be dropping in on that Course of Miracles group, and I really look forward to that. I'm going to be doing several workshops. So I have a workshop on Friday evening, August 12th. It's just 
Living a Course in Miracles. We're going to get into it. And that's at uh, Unity in uh, Norcross, Georgia. And the details are, again, at my website. And then on Saturday morning, August 13th, Forgive and Be Free. I'm doing a forgiveness workshop. Looking forward to that very much. And then um, on Saturday afternoon, August 13th, uh, I'll be doing a Ending the Patterns of Fear workshop, Seven Simple Steps, and that's in Marietta. And uh, so, uh, yes, the Seven Simple Steps is in Marietta and the at the Unity North, and the um, Forgive and F- Be Free is at Unity North. So you can actually, on Saturday, spend the whole day with me through the morning and the evening, and... Uh, Gosh, I look forward to that so much. I'm going to be at three different Unity churches there in, uh, no, two different Unity churches there in um, Georgia, in the Atlanta area. And that's going to be so much fun. I love when we can be in person together. And then at the beginning of September, September 2nd, I've got five days and four nights of my UK sightseeing, sacred sites, Salisbury, Glastonbury, Stonehenge, Avebury, Bath. We're just going to have a big spiritual hoot nanny on the road. Got a... We're taking a bus out on the road. But we're going to be a small group, so I invite you to... um, Come along and join us uh, if you're in in the neighborhood. If you're not in the neighborhood, you can still come and join. I know we've got people coming from other parts of Europe to join us, and that'll be lovely. So much fun when we can be together. And then immediately following that on September 6th is my spiritual counseling intensive. And uh, that starts September 6th, finishes up on the weekend. Uh, I tell you these spiritual counseling intensives are one of the best things I have ever, ever done. Uh, Everybody so far who's done them says they are fantastic. And so I invite you to come and check it out. Uh, Then um, I'm going to be in Frankfurt, Germany. Uh, The dates in September... Uh, I believe the weekend, 14th, 15th, 16th, something like that. Details will be coming out. And then the following weekend, the 24th, I'm going to be in Melbourne. And um, if if I can work it out, I'd love to come to Sydney and Brisbane. Uh, I'd be happy to go somewhere else in Germany. So if anybody would like to extend an invitation, let me know. Because uh, if I go all the way there, it's nice to... In- be able to meet as many people as I can, do as many workshops and talks as I can. So then uh, in October, the weekend of October 7th to 10th, that's Columbus Day weekend, I'll be in North Carolina for the Living a Course in Miracles weekend retreat. October 13th to 16th, the following weekend, I'm doing my Forgiven Be Free whole weekend retreat. And that is um, two two weekends, and you can actually come and stay in the middle, and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. There's a beautiful spa there at the retreat center in North Carolina. Then in November, I have uh, 
Bangkok sightseeing, and we've got two uh, big events in Thailand, uh, two different resorts in Chiang Mai. We have the Spiritual Counseling Training Intensive in Chiang Mai, Thailand, and then we have the week-long self-love and extreme pampering (laughs) in uh, Krabi, Thailand. So those are both in November. Come and join me in Thailand in November. I know some people are going to come to the whole thing, and that it's going to be wonderful. I'm going to be in Thailand the whole month of November. And then at the end of December, New Year's Reboot Retreat back in North Carolina. So uh, I will probably do a spiritual counseling training intensive in the United States, but in Hawaii, um, perhaps... Um, end of February, early March next year. So these are some opportunities. And anybody who comes to one of my spiritual counseling training intensives can get a huge discount to come and attend another one because um, people have found that attending more than one was just supremely good. And uh, it's amazing how much healing we can have in a weekend retreat or a week-long retreat And so I like to really dive deeply when we can get together in person. So check those out. Also, if you missed the Living a Course in Miracles class series that we just did, 11 classes, they're all free for you now. You can go to jenniferhadley.com, sign up from the events page for that. All right. Yes. Lots of good stuff coming up. Oh, and Finding Freedom starts August 11th, my spiritual boot camp class. So if you've been thinking about taking it for years and you've just not done it, now is the time. Seriously, if you're feeling it all and you need a payment plan, just ask us. We will do everything we can to support you in jumping in and taking Finding Freedom now. We've got a great group of people coming together to begin on August 11th. So... Come on down for that. All right, back to pleasure and pain, the attraction of pain. So it's it's uh, chapter 19, section 4, the obstacles to peace, and it's uh, section I, the attraction of pain, my page 414. And... You know, in, in the radio show, one of the things I try to do is to really invite you to consider certain things and to really examine where in your mind you are thinking the thoughts that are not helpful to you and where your attention is placed on something that's actually going to generate your suffering. So this is why I say it's so helpful to just keep asking the Holy Spirit, is this the best thing for me to do now? Is there a better choice for me now? And we can practice with small things and train ourselves to really feel, hear, know the Holy Spirit. I remember years ago one time I was doing something with David Hoffmeister and um, we were leading a retreat together, I believe it was, and he was talking, he would say, the Holy Spirit told me this, Jesus told me that. And I asked him, I said, do you hear two different voices? Do you perceive two different energy flows between Jesus and the Holy Spirit? And as I recall, he said, no, no. And it's that impetus of our higher self, the I am presence, the Holy Spirit. Remember that Jesus really tells us that 
it's all one, 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 one. And how do I get my guidance? It comes in different ways. So do I hear a voice? Occasionally I do. Do I feel something energetically? More often than not, that's how I get my guidance. Do I get visuals appearing in my mind? Yes, I do, though not as frequently as I feel things. Do I get ideas that just come into my awareness all day long? So the thing is that we're all receiving these many different forms of spiritual communication, insight, wisdom from the higher self, from the Holy Spirit, from Jesus. I think it's really helpful to think of it all coming from the same place, all coming from the field of love in which we live, move, and have our being. So we're training ourselves to be highly sensitive to the insight, the guidance, the wisdom. Now, I find that many of the people who are in class with me are, like me, highly sensitive people. And so it seems like they feel things more than other people. They have a a higher level of sensitivity. And many times, people who seem to have a higher level of sensitivity will be laid low by things, laid low by um, uh, emotional outbursts, uh, by things in the environment, all of that. And in talking about pleasure and pain here, I think it's really helpful. It, it came up recently, and I thought, I thought it's time I bookmarked it, and, and I, I knew that Spirit would bring me back to this um, in the radio show. And I think it's really valuable for us to recognize that we don't have to just be at the mercy of whatever is going on around us. But sometimes it feels like we are. And I do hear many spiritual students talk about their sensitivities in ways that makes it seem as though they don't recognize that they can be impervious and immune to any and all kinds of distress or disturbance. That we can move to that through seeing things correctly. So we see right now particularly many upsetting things happening in the world. And if we're looking at them and judging them, then we're going to be upset by them. It seems like we're upset by what's happening in the world. Oh, the babies have illness and they're dying and they're starving and and it touches my heart. Yes, it it touches our heart. Of course it does. And what is the meaning that we're making of it? What is the interpretation? Is the meaning, is the interpretation directly leading us to pain? Is it leading us to pain? Because if we're in judgment, yes, it will lead us to pain. If we think it should be different, if we think that whatever's going on in the world doesn't serve some kind of holy purpose, if we think that what's going on in the world is real, eternal, and that anything that's real could be threatened, we're going to be upset. So this is why A Course in Miracles starts right out at the beginning with 
nothing real can be threatened. And this came up in the Living a Course in Miracles class series. It came up that all things work together for our good. And there are no exceptions. That's in Chapter 4, Section 5, right at the top of the section, page 65, in the Ego Body Illusion. All things work together for good. There are no exceptions except in the Ego's judgment. So, when we're looking at things and we're saying, oh, this is not working together for good, this is bad, this is wrong, this shouldn't be happening, that shouldn't have happened, and we're distressed and we're upset, we're making exceptions. And our making exceptions is the thing that's causing our pain. So, going back to what I was saying in the first part of the show, uh, Spiritual qualities cannot be interrupted. They are what Course in Miracles calls the great rays. And if you think of creativity, wisdom, clarity, beauty, wholeness, freedom, harmony, abundance, prosperity, and more, if you think of all of these spiritual qualities as rays of light that we are expressions of, the fullness of them. You know, this is one of the things that the Course tells us to see our brothers and sisters as the great rays. And when we can see them that way, then we will know. Then we will know that all is well. It says in the Course, um, Oh, I thought I had it right here. Don't have it. (laughs) But it says in the course that, um, wait a minute, where is it? I want to find it. (laughs) Well, uh, just give me a second here. See, I I don't always know what I'm going to be. um, uh, Oh, here it is. Okay. In chapter 10, section 4, paragraph 8, it says, "In In many people, only the spark of the great rays, the spark of God, remains, for the great rays are obscured. Yet God has kept the spark alive so that the rays can never be completely forgotten. If you but see the little spark, you will learn of the greater light, for the rays are there unseen. Perceiving the spark will heal, but knowing the light will create. So, it says, yet in the returning, the little light must be acknowledged first, for the separation was a descent from magnitude to littleness, but the spark is still there, as pure as the great light, because it is the remaining call of creation. Put all your faith in it, and God himself will answer you. Okay? So this is the the, the thing that we can do, is we can put our full attention on seeing the spark of light in ourselves and in others. 
And in, in, in chapter 15, section 9, paragraph 1, it says, As the ego would limit your perception of your brothers to the body, so would the Holy Spirit release your vision and let you see the great rays shining from them, so unlimited that they reach to God. It is this shift to vision that is accomplished in the holy instant. Yet it is needful for you to learn just what this shift entails, so you will become willing to make it permanent. Given this willingness, it will not leave you, for it is permanent. Once you've accepted it as the only perception you want, it is translated into knowledge by the part that God himself plays in the atonement. For it is the only step in the atonement God understands. Therefore, in this, there will be no delay when you're ready for it. God is ready now, but you are not. Okay, so I, I, oh, I just get so excited about this. Our eternal nature is perfect, whole, and complete. It is these spiritual qualities. Now, remember, you've probably heard me say many times, if you listen to this broadcast and what I offer on a regular basis, that the light that we are cannot be in any way damaged. It cannot be made impure. Just like if you were going to try and make the sunlight impure, it would be impossible. If you were going to turn on a light and make the beams of light coming out impure, it's impossible because nothing can adhere to light. If you begin to see yourself as light and you see your brothers and sisters as light, see the spark of the great light. See the great rays shining in them. And, you know, if you can think of someone, maybe there's a political candidate or uh, a terrorist or just someone you work with that annoys you so much or someone in your family that you feel has been cruel and mean and, and maybe a child molester, someone in your life that you can't see any good in. If you are willing to see the spark of light in them, to see the great rays shining from them, you will see it in yourself. That's the way this world works. And that's what these teachings are telling us. That as the ego would limit your perception of your brothers to their body, so the Holy Spirit would release your vision and let you see the great rays shining from the person, your brother, your sister. So unlimited did the great rays shine back to God. Remember, to have, give all to all. So what are we doing? We're extending love. We're communicating love. That's what the holy instant is for. It's for shining the light of love. We do it in our mind. All healing is at the level of the mind. Do you see how circular these teachings are? That everything fits together perfectly. Nothing is incongruent. Nothing. Nothing about A Course in Miracles is incongruent. Everything is congruent about this teaching. Wow, it's so powerful. Ah, yes indeed. So, boy... (laughs) 
I love it. And I love you. I'm so grateful. I am so grateful that we get to do this work together. It's such a blessing and a healing that we're calling forth and sharing together. Oh, my goodness. So much. I hope I will get to see you at one of the events that are coming up. And um, please, if you have a study group, uh, please point people to the Living A Course in Miracles free classes and uh, free resources. You can find them at jenniferhadley.com on the events page, and you can find them at livingacourseofmiracles.com. And don't forget the free A Course in Miracles app, also available at livingacourseofmiracles.com. Yes, and I'll also mention um, thank you to all the people who've written to tell me how much the Living A Course of Miracles classes meant to them, all the people who've written to tell me how much the radio show means to them, all the people who've written reviews of the radio show, all of that is so wonderful to receive, and I thank you. And thank you to all the people who have made donations to support the Living A Course in Miracles classes and to support our uh, efforts to transcribe everything, all the Living A Course in Miracles classes, totally free, downloads free, transcripts free. We're transcribing the radio shows now, all free for you, and your donations are making that effort possible. Thank you so much. Let's place our hand on our heart and be grateful, grateful, grateful that the truth is we're already free. We're already whole. We're already complete. And we can see that in our brothers and sisters. And that's what we're choosing right now. We partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self to know the truth that sets us free. We are seeking the kingdom first. That is our number one priority. And everything is being added unto us. Our awareness is opening. It's happening now. We are grateful and thankful to allow a complete healing. We share the benefits with everyone. We let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 God bless you. I love you. Thank you for tuning in to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Reverend Jennifer Hadley. Join us every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Central for more tools and insights into how to express your beliefs from moment to moment, every day, in every way. A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by JenniferHadley.com, a global resource providing tools, insight, and support for those seeking to live A Course in Miracles every day in every way. Online at www.JenniferHadley.com. While there, we invite you to visit Jennifer's blog, where you can join with the community of like-minded people who have become Jennifer's prayer partners through her daily power prayer. Like them, you can enjoy this extra support as you come to walk your talk and live A Course in Miracles every day in every way.